Welcome to today's episode of ICRA Exclusive, a podcast by Remodel Health. We're here to guide you through the complex world of health insurance and tell you everything you need to know about individual coverage health reimbursement arrangements. Whether you're a health insurance novice or a seasoned pro, get ready to revolutionize the way you view healthcare. Hey, welcome back to the ICRA exclusive podcast. My name is John. I'm over here on the team at Remodel Health. I get to be part of hosting this incredible educational resource for brokers, for employers, really anybody that wants to learn about ICRA. So today we've got sitting in another one of our amazing hosts, Justin Clements over here, Chief ICRA Officer at Remodel Health. That's a very fancy title, Justin. Thanks for for being back here with us. And we've also got Joe Gilbert. We've been doing a series with him, an absolute expert in not only ICRA, but just insurance in general. He's been in the space a long time, worked for some carriers, worked alongside brokers. I'm excited to get into today's episode. I was asked to host it because I'm so so stoked about it. We're going to talk through unveiling the surprises of ICRA implementation. We've been doing this for a long time here at Remodel, and we've been gathering lots of great data that whether you're part of the Remodel Health family yet or or you're looking at us, you just want to learn, we want you to learn with us. So Justin, I'm going to start with you because we haven't heard from you in a couple episodes. So let's talk about medical bill reimbursements. This is obviously really important for people in the United States. Medical bills are just as important as health insurance. And what what is some of the surprising details that, that you've seen around ICRA, medical bill reimbursement, ultimately helping coverages and all that? Yeah, well, hey, thanks for the question, John. Uh, reimbursement of medical expenses um, is a fantastic option to have. ICRAs, most ICRAs, uh, I would say the majority of them hit the easy button and keep it simple and say, yeah. hey, we'll reimburse premiums. Okay. So if you go out and buy your own individual plan, we'll have a reimbursement schedule for you. Uh, the reimbursement of medical claims is something that's used in the group world. And uh, I'm going to, ping it over to Joe here in a minute because he knows the group world really well. Great. Um, and the reimbursement of premiums is something that ICRAs are doing, but the reimbursement of medical claims is something you can do with an ICRA as well. So yeah. that is designed by each employer. The employer gets to decide that they want to reimburse for medical claims and, and how they want to structure that. But it's the same way that they've been doing HRAs for a group plan. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. For a long time. Integrated HRAs, yeah. right? You integrate into a group plan. Maybe you have a $2,000 deductible, but hey guys, we have a an HRA here. So after your $1,000, maybe we kick in. So you can craft that however okay. you want to for the employer, okay, uh, for the company. And uh, it's been used at, at uh, with a, a lot of success rate to drive down claims to, I'm sorry, to drive down medical costs. There you go. And uh, premiums for employers and employees. And now we can use that same thing in the individual world. Um, I am just so happy to have Joe Gilbert here with us today. Um, Joe uh, has been in the industry for a long time. Our our paths almost crossed. He was leaving United Healthcare when I was joining them back around 2013, 2012, somewhere around there. Joe is uh, 
been a seasoned vet. There you go. In the carrier space. You call, are you calling space. Joe old? Because he's gotten called old in the last two episodes by me by accident. I mean, so. if you were to have to guess Joe's age just by looking at him, you'd probably say late 40s. Okay. But I know he has five kids and one of them's out of college yeah. and successful. So. I was going to say 29, so I guess <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. But uh, no, Joe's been around in the in the health insurance space and um, so happy to have him here today to speak into some of this what we've seen, how we've seen HRAs leveraged in the group side and how we can now leverage HRAs to reimburse medical claims for employees in the individual world. Yeah, Joe, let's talk about these reimbursements. And I love what uh, Justin set up. How how can you, and then even perhaps should you, structure medical uh, bill reimbursements above and beyond the premium? I think most people realize that you still need money. Even if you have a great plan, you still generally need money for medical bills. Is this just reimbursement that's that's available for that very first medical bill? Would you structure it where they pay some and then you pay some? How do you structure it? How does it work? And what's the best strategy that employers can use this pretty surprising strategy to throttle some costs? Yeah, I mean, with the the ICRA, you're able to set up an account that basically pays for the health insurance premium. But another part of the ICRA that's a really attractive part of the plan is you can also set up another account, uh, which allows them to pay for medical costs. So uh, you hear a lot of employees talk about how they get frustrated with the higher deductibles uh, that are out there. So an employer who's saving a lot of money with um, the premiums can take some of that money and actually fund these accounts to help, uh, you know, help those employees offset uh, the costs. And I think Justin did a really good job of explaining it. One one of the things when we're explaining some of the nuances with an ICRA is we'll often say, uh, you know, ICRAs really are qualified group plans. Uh, they they meet that definition. So as a qualified group plan, if you're able to do it with your previous group insurance or any group insurance, then you can do it with an ICRA. And that makes it really easy for a broker to have confidence when, uh, you know, employers asking them questions, they just say, hey, if you could do it with a group plan, uh, you can do it with an ICRA. Yeah, I love that. And I suppose this is another surprising thing that I consistently hear brokers, employers alike say, well, I'm listening to this because I wanted to learn, but this doesn't fit me because I'm a large employer. I have to give a group plan. So Justin, just, you know, I feel like sometimes we say the same thing multiple times. That's okay. It's part of learning. Talk about how employers that are large, applicable large employers that have the mandate, talk about how ICRA does fulfill this mandate. Because I think that can be surprising to people even still. Yeah. As you said, it counts as a as a group plan. So uh, I go back to what I call the big three. For employers, they love hearing the big three no's. For employer, there's no penalty, no participation requirement, and no risk. Uh, right. So uh, now that is using the individual plans. Uh, a lot of times we like to use the plans off exchange because there's better tax um, tax favors for the employees. But uh, those plans are individual health plans. They're guaranteed issue. So there's no risk for the employer. There's no rate ups or risk based on health status for the employees. If you're over 50 and your your company is not underwritten, that's a great thing. Right, the rates are set. Yeah. Uh, your employees, you, you're not going to get a huge rate increase because a couple of the employees uh, or their family members had medical uh, expenses and and high claimants or lasers. There's none of that in the ICRAs. However, you still because it is a group plan, you can still layer on stuff like HRAs. Mm. You can layer in group dental, group ancillaries. Okay. So there's still all the same flexibility and privileges that you have as an employer 
uh, except you get to get rid of the high rate increases in the participation requirements. That's great. It's brilliant. I'm going to just jump to a completely other topic because we want to get through as many of these surprises as we can. Joe, I'm going to give you this one. I know we've done another episode talking about evaluating ICRA as an option mid-year outside of this open enrollment window that also have to do with a lot of holiday seasons and busyness and end of year mm-hmm. reporting. So, you know, can ICRA be started in the middle of a year? Let's say a group has no plan. Can they even get anything started mid-year? That obviously be for smaller groups. But then if you're a larger group, let's say you discover something early in the year that's way better than than your bad renewal or even your your baseline renewal. What's the flexibility on timing around ICRA? Yeah, uh, great question, John. And, and really the issue with the uh, the mid-year stuff is you know, you can renew at any time throughout the year, but all of the individual ACA plans are going to be a calendar year deductible, meaning that they run from 1-1 to 12-31 is what that deductible is. So uh, if you want to make that change mid-year, really the big issue is uh, do I get credit for my deductible from my previous carrier? Yeah. And that's an issue when you're transitioning to an ICRA because it doesn't really account for that unless uh, you do kind of what we've been talking about is leverage that uh, ability of the ICRA okay. with the H, uh, HRA account. Uh, to offset some of that uh, deductible, if you will, that an employee may uh, experience. So if you're saving enough in premium, which we are seeing that happen quite a bit, uh, an employer that first year can put some money in that account to basically help those employees offset uh, any of the costs they would have had uh, from the deductible they hit with their previous carrier. Okay. Okay. And so how much emphasis would you put on this factor. It's one thing to have a great solution that can solve for an employee that's deep in their deductible and you can help them still. Is there a percentage and threshold, let's say that that an employer knows how much medical usage in their particular group, they're, they're over a hundred, they kind of see the claims and, and all these uh, features. You know, would you say, make sure it's only one or two is it up to 50% of people that are deep in their deductibles? If you're an employer, where's kind of your threshold on saying, hey, uh, do an analysis and wait or do an analysis and maybe switch? Where's your threshold there on current usage of the deductible plans? Yeah, John, it's going to it's gonna vary group by group. So all the groups really 50 and higher are going to get fairly good data about what their overall claims look like. And, uh, and they'll know kind of what, what their, um, you know, their overall, you know, claims are, are happening and what type of people are hitting the deductible and what, what those, uh, numbers look like. And a lot of it's de-identified yeah. data, right? Yeah. I don't want to freak anybody out. Yes, but, of course. But at the same time, uh, they'll have a pretty good run on how it is and they can't reimburse like, Hey, I'm going to give John some money and, and not to Justin. It really has to be handled in a non-discriminatory type way. Exactly. So it's kind of all or none, but uh, but like I said, and really, you know, is this an important part? Nah, maybe, maybe not. But it's it, it more importantly becomes a way to overcome that objection. Yeah. So if there's an objection, someone says objection, someone, I don't want to do this mid-year because of the calendar year deductible and kind of the that uh, transition. This is something we can plug in. Uh, like I said, especially when we're seeing them save so much money uh, to do it mid-year. But at the same time, a lot of people will be making mid- mid-year decisions to go for 1-1 one, one of, of next year, too. Yeah. Justin, I have a question for you. I see a lot of groups that have 
seven one fiscal years and a lot of times they have their plan year aligned with their fiscal year and it's mid-year but then i've seen those groups get pushed to a january or calendar year deductible anyway by these large carriers so uh you know joe justin either one of you guys in my opinion i'm seeing more carriers move people all over to calendar year deductibles that's what i'm seeing do you guys agree with that? Uh, you know, what's what are your perspectives on fiscal calendar, changing mid-year, all of these sorts of things? I would like to hear Joe on this because as a guy that worked for the largest carriers in the country for many, many years, over a decade, and his name was on a lot of those renewal letters that <laughs> brokers and admins would receive. There you go. I think that he'd probably have some more insight than I. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, I, I think brokers typically will ask for plan years. Okay. But in our book uh, i can't tell you the total number of, the, of our book it was big we had 19 that were plan year okay so we had like 19 accounts that had plan year out of the total so very 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 small percentage and yeah. and the unfortunate part is i seem to know the names of most of those 19 because they would have an issue at one point or another <laughs> okay uh with just because it, it was awkward right yeah. go like oh my deductible resets and in june or, or july or yeah. whatever and then it gets awkward with a doctor's office and and, and helping people uh, move to it. So we really got to the point where we didn't even offer plan year deductibles anymore. Wow. Okay. And nobody really noticed. Yeah. And nobody really complained about it. So I think I think the calendar year deductible is the way to go. It's easier. It's what everybody's doing, right? Everybody's doing it. And I think that makes it a lot easier uh, for the employees to kind of understand their benefits. Yeah. Everything and, starts new on January 1st. Yeah. Doing yeah. my uh, life goals. There you go. My, my deductible for my health insurance. <laughs> there you go. I, I love that. And, and so what I'm hearing from you, Joe, is ultimately it is best practice to be on a calendar year for lots of different features from just the simplicity of your employees to know when their deductible is. But then also you're even saying coordinating with doctor's offices and stuff, it's easier as well is that what i'm hearing from you yeah Joe? absolutely yeah that i mean doctor's offices don't i mean they do deal with people on plain year deductibles but doesn't necessarily make sense to them so okay. uh it's easier if everybody's on a calendar year i would i don't know what the overall percentage of it is but it's got to be 95 plus percentage yeah. of people in america are on a calendar year deductible yeah. so, so what's that look like when they say my renewal is up and for a july 1st renewal they're still on a calendar year deductible, yeah. but they're just deciding whether they're going to renew for their January 1st in July. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. So you'll have your renewal date. If it's not a 1-1 one, one, uh, renewal date, that's when you're making determinations on the plan and you'll get the new premium levels. Uh, and you can even change some of the plan designs. But at the end of the day, the deductible resets on 1-1. One, one. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to... Make sure it's on people's radars, whether, again, I think most brokers know this, but not all employers realize renewal and deductible year sometimes might be separate. Just look at your documents. Uh, make sure you get a good trusted advisor to be looking at those with you. I'm going to move us to the next surprising thing about uh, ICRA implementation, and I want to talk about the need for help and and guidance not for the employer not for the broker but this is for the employee we were just referencing them briefly about calendar year deductible and and going to doctor's offices and and all of this um justin your experience in helping implement uh group plans in the past and then even icra plans obviously over this these past several years talk about educating employees what how does that happen best what are the ways you've seen that need evolve and change over time? And then even the appetite 
maybe that is also changed for for employees in in learning about all these things. Joe, obviously, want you to speak into this, but Justin, let's start with you first on the, the you know the need for guidance for these employees. Yeah, um, usually when people think about getting guidance around insurance, they usually think of a health insurance agent. Yeah, uh, my background working with uh, broker agents uh, across the country for many years was primarily with individual health agents who would love to sit down and talk to 15, 14, 20 employees, help them pick their own personal plan, and then help manage you know, those plans, um, help them give them advice. However, group brokers usually do not sit down with individuals. They are more geared towards uh, and structured around helping give advice to the CFO, and the business owner, and then they sign them up for a group plan where they're not giving advice to all 15 employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, group brokers usually work with larger employers, 25 plus people participating on a plan. Um, if they if they aren't, it's hard for them to make money because yeah. they get paid on the, the group size. Um, individual health brokers usually don't talk to employers, yeah. usually don't talk to CFOs and, and business owners. They're usually working with just mom and pop, I own a small trucking company. We don't have a group plan. I just need someone to help me with my insurance. Yeah. Um, so ICRA kind of mixes the two of those, right? So uh, we partner with group brokers here at Model Health, and we allow them to be the strategic and help the employer decide if an ICRA works for them, how to structure an ICRA. We help them advise on how to set one up and their contribution strategies and like we've been talking about how to layer in an HRA or an HSA, how to integrate the group ancillaries. But then we have in-house individual health advisors. We call them advisors. They're licensed agents. Wow. And they can talk with each employee. Now, there might be some brokers out there. I'd love for them to reach out to us that are more geared towards those individual health uh, clientele that don't really work with admins or large employers. There are, there are some ways that they could use ICRA to find more individuals to help. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And Joe, I, I want to move over to you on, uh, on you know, if you want to add some more stuff to what Justin said, but I really want to drill down on what is the top one or two things that employees should know about this idea of moving from a group plan to ICRA. So obviously, you know, build on what Justin was saying, but I also want to, what are the top two things that employers need to keep in their brains to teach their employees about ICRAs? Yeah, I think it's pretty funny. I, I think of an example of my wife. So my wife's a nurse and she works for a great company and they offer great health insurance. And so uh, as I was looking at the the booklet that she brought home and we were kind of talking about health insurance, it came out with three options, right? So it's the PPO plan. It's this uh, consumer driven health plan. Okay. Uh, abbreviated. Yeah. And then it's an RDP, right? Uh, or uh, RBP okay. plan, which is reference-based pricing. Those oh, were the yeah. three headings okay. and it had the three headings and it had, I think, a deductible level and then it had um, the cost. And that was it. That was it. Wow. And I thought to myself, okay, so reference-based pricing was the RBP plan. That's a different concept, it right? It sure is. So, yeah. uh, you know, so people are going to basically select that, have no idea what they're selecting. No. And, you know, and, and it was funny because even to hear her kind of talk through it, you know, she comes from a nursing background, not a uh, health insurance background. Uh, it's funny, but that's kind of what the traditional group market has always been, where, hey, these are the three options. Yep. Here's the cost of the options. What do you pick, A, B, or C? And which is fine, right? And that's kind of how it's always been. And but here with these ICRAs, it's a whole different concept where it's like, hey, here's a budget. 
And you can go to the marketplace, which we'll steer you to. And the marketplace will have 50 plus options of plans, deductibles, uh, you know, networks, drug cards, uh, formulary lists. So it's, it's a whole different concept. And that whole buying decision becomes really exciting. And really, ultimately, we're just talking about consumerism. Sure. How do you give sure. the consumers more choices that better fit their needs? And I get really excited about it. And I think Justin hit it right on the head where in the traditional group market, the HR person hands you the brochure and says, okay, pick A, B, or C. Uh, and they, if they ask questions, I don't know if the HR person is going to know the difference either. I don't know if the HR person is going to do a great job of, of explaining what a reference-based pricing plan looks like and the pros and cons of that versus a PPO versus a uh, consumer-driven health plan, right? Yeah. So uh, like I said, just funny to me how the world kind of works. Whereas what we found is helping each employee manage that budget or use that budget to their best uh, based on their situation. If they use a plan a lot, if they don't use the plan a lot, if they, you know, what's important to them, what's not important to them becomes a really enormous part of what we do. And uh, to me, a very, very exciting part of the secret sauce of what Remodel is really good at. Yeah, I love that, Joe. I, I want to add in something for me personally. I get to run numbers regularly. I just randomly run numbers because I love learning about the individual marketplace. Uh, what surprised me is unlike what a lot of people will worry about, that there is not only are there just not good plans, but there oh, there's just no plans out there in the individual marketplace. I ran some numbers. I think it was down in Florida the other day, and there was around a hundred plans available to this particular zip code and area. And sure, you know, uh, you might not be a good fit for all a hundred, but certainly with the right help, you'll be able to find something really, really good. So that was a surprising um, thing for me. I want to talk about some of the other misnomers that a lot of times, I don't think brokers do this at all. I would say this is just employers where they have this, this dream in front of them that maybe one of these days they'll pick the plan that will make everybody happy. And if I've been around insurance long enough, I've realized I think everyone's just always unhappy all the time with all the options. So I, I do think what might be surprising is we're not saying ICRA solves people's happiness here, but Justin, you talked a little bit earlier today, we were kind of prepping for this episode um, around the idea of, of how ICRA can maybe solve some of the unhappiness uh, around ICRA. And I think that HR directors specifically will, will kind of get their interest right here. Does ICRA at all improve the lack of happiness people have with health insurance right now? I would say overall, yes, but it depends. Depends how much the employer wants to contribute. Okay. Um, when when I think about this, uh, I I actually used to work for right out of college. Uh, went to work for the same company that my grandfather worked at, my father worked at, my uncle worked at. And uh, right out of college, I joined the UAW. Okay. Ford Motor Company, there baby. There you go. And guess what? Everybody was happy with that health insurance plan. <laughs> it was a $5 copay. Oh, boy. For everything. Everything. My first son, who's now a senior in high school. Yeah. He was born. I had the UAW health insurance plan. Okay. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Let's go. <laughs> $5 copay to have my baby. $5. $5 copay for everything. Go to the ER, $5 copay. <laughs> Go into the doctor for a visit, get a drug, $5 copay. <laughs> I love that, John. Everybody loved that. Yeah. Except 
for the CFO, <laughs> a Ford Motor Company. I bet. Because that's not sustainable. No, it's very expensive. And guess what? A couple of years later, they offered me a buyout. There you go. You know why? Because they couldn't afford the pension and yeah. the healthcare yeah. for their employees anymore. Yeah. So I loved it while it lasted. Yeah. And that's kind of how life is sometimes, right? Sure. So now today, you know, they also had a pension plan. Okay. A retirement pension. Yeah. You work here for so many years, when you retire, you get X amount of dollars. Yeah. I don't have a pension plan anymore, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I went to work for United Healthcare after that. Yeah. Guess what kind of retirement package they gave me? A 401k. There you go. And how happy was I with that? Well, the more money they contributed to the 401k, the happier I was. That's great. So it depends on how much money you want to spend sure. as an employer. But guess what? The employer and the CFO can now be happy too. Yeah. Because they can find that balance. Yeah, that's great. They can they can budget enough money to where they're happy. And they can afford to hire and not let go of employees. Yeah. But hire and, and grow a business and continue their mission and still give enough money to make it to where employees have the option to pick their own plan, yeah. can pick what's important to them. I love that. Joe, Joe would you uh, emphasize more on premiums versus medical bills or or how, how would you, you know, if you're going to increase, you know, what you're giving in this model of this 401k model of health benefits, how do you strategize it? And ultimately, how do you keep employees happy in general? Well, I think it's, it's funny when I hear Justin talk, I immediately think of the office, the Dwight Trute episode <laughs> yes. where he had to pick the health insurance. You know, I think that was season one too. Yeah, season one. I think season it was one. episode two. Or yeah, I mean, like it that. was pretty yeah. early on. And so I think that they were really, you know, it's funny because all these people have different conditions and they want covered and, and ultimately just kind of brought in, you know, in a funny way, the issue that we're really talking about is you can't meet the needs of everybody. And, um, you know, and groups try to do their best and, and, uh, but that's what makes this ICRA really exciting where, you know, it's almost like do less, uh, set up a budget and then let the employees do, you know, do what they want to do, pick out what they want to do. If Dwight Schrute would have had an ICRA, he would have been a hero. Yeah. It wouldn't have been near <laughs> as funny, right? The episode would have been, you know, you know, they probably wouldn't have had an episode. It wouldn't have made it. They would have had to have Jim being the hero. Yeah. 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 Jim would have said, hey, what about an ICRA? <laughs> you know, what about Remodel Health ICRA? But I, I think that... um you know, that's ultimately what we're talking about is just the freedom to pick whatever plan meets the needs of the employee based on a budget set by the employer is just a win-win. And the employer doesn't have to do what Dwight Schrute said and said, you know, put everybody's health conditions in the jar yeah. so that we can make sure that everybody's covered. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate your awareness that employees that are educated and are given choice it improves their engagement and ultimately their happiness. So I, I love all of that. Hey, thanks again for listening to the ICRA exclusive podcast. Justin, Joe, thanks for joining us on making sure people get a chance to learn more about ICRA. And if you, as a listener, want to learn more about us, you can go to remodelhealth.com slash chat if you're an employer or slash broker if you want to partner with us. But until next time, we're grateful for you joining us here on the ICRA exclusive. Thanks for listening. For more information about ICRA, visit remodelhealth.com.